And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. All right, world. It's uh brings me pleasure to have. Well, first, thank y'all for tuning in. I got to just let the world know I have my dog, everybody's dog, Big Roy, Roy Boy, turned up, bro, on the other end. What's up, bro? What's going on, D-Murph, man? <laughs> you know, uh, under the circumstances, glad to be back on the Why Not Sports Nation again. We got another dope show we're going to do right now, actually, so pretty yeah. excited about this. Yes, sir. And Big Roy, been waiting patiently. For this opportunity, but world, help me introduce host of Locked On Broncos, someone that rocks with me, another person that put up with my shenanigans, huge supporter of us, Cody Rourke. What's up, bro? Welcome back to Why Not Sports. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Uh, I think it's been uh, a year and a half, almost two years (laughs) since we last jumped into a pod together. I'm excited to be back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I got to let the world in on some other things about Cody. One thing I can say, Cody, I want to let the world know this is, you know how you come across people in your life, especially in what we do as hosts of, of dope podcasts, which, by the way, I need those socks. I need to get them socks. What's your cash app? <laughs> what do I need to do, man? My sock game is, is getting better for 2020, especially there's nothing else to do and nowhere to go. So at least I can have a decent sock game. So please let me. All right, man. I got you. I got you. My for man. sure. I'll send you that details. Perfect, perfect. And then maybe the world, too. So that's for, that's for uh, later. But I want to let you know that we don't talk often, like every day, but I've seen your growth. And then whenever we do connect, it's always a great time. So that further lets me know what type of genuine guy you are. And I'm definitely appreciative of that. And I just want to let the world know that people like you definitely helps make Why Not Sports the you know what it is. And also just the support that you show not only uh, myself, but to Big Roy as well. So I just personally want to say thank you before we actually start the show. Always, gentlemen, you guys do a phenomenal job, and uh, yeah, I think I think you guys connect uh, your experiences in the sports world to uh, listeners all across the globe. I think it's a, a phenomenal way, and look, especially during a time like this, where we don't get to see sports, we get to see reruns, <laughs> which I'm actually cool with. I'm cool with seeing that. I, I do miss the live sports, so I can't lie about yeah. that, but uh, it, it's kind of cool to relive some of the biggest games in NFL history, NBA history, kind of going back, but man, 2020 has sucked, gentlemen. <laughs> It's been a unique start. I wasn't True. expecting it. I will agree True. with that. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. So, Big Roy, 
I know you've been waiting on Cody, man. So I'm I'm gonna be here, but you 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 take over, big dog. You you I know you've been waiting for Cody for a while. So me and all three of us recorded, like Cody said, two little over two years ago. Me and Cody did another dope track last year, so now it's like all of us are back. So I'm gonna just let Big Roy just you know just take over, man. So go ahead, just do do what you, do what you do, bro. Oh man, appreciate it. But uh, Cody, like I've been telling you, Murph, man, I've been tracking you, I've been following you, I've been seeing all your live streams after the, some of the games this season, man. Yeah, and yeah. You've been doing a tremendous job, man, and I'm actually. It's an honor to be recording with you again because I've been tracking your work. I've always been following you. Me and Dumer probably talk about you during the NFL. Hey, we do. We do. We do. Right now, so, <laughs> we so do. man, congratulations on everything you've been doing and progressing since we first met, man. So, first off, congratulations on that. Oh, my God. I really appreciate that, you know. And yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the only thing I've changed up is I've learned some new things along the way. And I've, I've always believed that through whatever I'm doing, be a lifelong learner. You know, I get a little bit older. I get a little bit more gray hair. Come on. My, my joints hurt a little bit more <laughs> every day I get out of bed. It. But, uh, but you know what? It, it, it's, a, it's a good learning experience, man. But, you know, I see what you guys are always doing, too, and uh, always appreciate you guys. You know, you guys do a phenomenal job. And uh, like I said, if there's anything I can ever do to help you guys, just let me know. I'll be happy to. Yes, sir. Man, All right. man appreciate it, man. But we're going to start from the top. <laughs> you know, I love uh, it. <laughs> from the very top here. And uh, I've been seeing you guys make a lot of transition moves throughout this all season. But I want to start from the top with the GM. John Elway, uh, we know his history as a quarterback and everything he did with his magical Super Bowl and everything, but him as a GM, you know, uh, we know he has some questionable quarterback picks over the past like, few years. He's been, not for you, but he's been a GM for a while now out there in Denver. And I've been looking through his history of uh, quarterbacks he's been drafting and signing and, you know, his, 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 his resume I don't want to say it's, 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 it's not good, but you can have some thoughts about it. I'm talking guys about Sam Tebow, Trevor Simeon, Simeon Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, and also I can throw in Kyle Orton in there also. But when you look at it overall, he did have Peyton Manning there to win a Super Bowl, but his overall record with Peyton Manning was 40, 45, and 12. Do you think John Elway is like most likely on the hot seat now with as a GM out there in Denver because he's been having some questionable calls and we're gonna get to your new quarterback Drew Lock because uh, I seen the game <laughs> playing Houston and I'm, we're gonna get to that because <laughs> you know um, uh, what do you think about John Elway? Do you think he's on the hot seat? Do you think he's you know on his way out or anything changing within him because he, he's had some questionable QB draft uh, draft calls in the last few years he's been out there in the GM. Um, you know, not necessarily no. And and going back to Tim Tebow, that's when uh, that's before you know uh, John Elway really took over. So when Tim Tebow was drafted, Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Broncos at the time. They brought in Brian Zanders as the GM. John Elway came in more as a as a kind of a one of those roles where you're an advisor role. And then after that season, after they fired Josh McDaniels, John Elway took over as general manager. His first ever draft pick. Von Miller, Super Bowl 50 MVP. Um, outside of that, you know, what, what John Elway was able to do, he moved on from Tim Tebow. And, and look, the, the Broncos just came off of a divisional loss to the hands of the New England Patriots on the road at Foxborough. That's when they had the two tight end threat of Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady was all over the place. Julian Edelman was a young pup in the NFL. 
they had a they had some weapons there that year, and so they parted ways with Tim Tebow. They brought in Peyton Manning, and then I think Broncos fans in that stretch were so spoiled and blessed to have Peyton Manning for four years. I mean, the Broncos won more games in a four-year stretch than they have in any point in time of their history. And Peyton Manning was all over the place. Broke the touchdown record, the passing yard oh. record in 2013. They lose. They go to two Super Bowls. They win one with him. And uh, you beat Brady twice in the AFC Championship game in that four-year stretch. That is a, uh, you know, that was that was monumental. Now the Broncos, they they went out on top. Peyton Manning rolled off into the sunset, Super Bowl 50. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, Peyton Manning didn't really have a great year in his final season of being a Denver Bronco. The Broncos had a very strong defense. Well, all you need is a quarterback that can manage a game. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos, they had invested. They moved up. Uh, there was some pressure for, internally from their organization. They felt that uh, they had to draft a quarterback. Dak Prescott was available. But uh, the, the noise, the pressure, and I think that's something that influenced the Broncos. And it helped John Elway change is that the media was pounding for Paxton Lynch. And so the Broncos traded up for him in round number one. They got him. And this is a dude that couldn't even beat out seventh rounder Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, a much better quarterback, which is crazy, you know, because I, I think you know you have this expectation for first round picks that if they're a first round quarterback, they got to be the guy, they got to be the, the star player. Well, Paxton Lynch, he wouldn't get in the playbook. He was way too much more focused on playing Madden, and he was behind big time. And so enter, you know, you even have Mark Sanchez on the roster for a moment too, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But um, but you have Trevor Simeon. Comes in in the preseason, beats out veteran Mark Sanchez, beats out first-round pick Paxton Lynch, and all of a sudden we're, we're sitting there like, what the hell is going on with this guy? <laughs> um, and so at that point, you know, I, I think it's a good value pick for Simeon. Look, I think he's a phenomenal backup. I would have been so ecstatic if uh, Simeon was the backup in Denver right now to Drew Locke. Um, but that's another story for another day. So, you know, <laughs> gone are the days of the Paxton Lynch era. You know, you go and you, you you try to bring in free agent Case Keenum, who the year prior in Minnesota under Pat Shermer, who's now the Broncos offensive coordinator in 2020. Uh, Case Keenum has an MVP-type season. I believe he threw for about 25 touchdowns, and I think only eight total interceptions, and got the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game where they lost to the Eagles. Um, and I look at that season with Case Keenum, and I seen what the Broncos were doing. They brought in Vance Joseph as their next head coach because Gary Kubiak, after the 2016 season with uh, Trevor Simeon, he stepped down after leading the team to a 9-7 record. Broncos missed the playoffs. And then they hired Vance Joseph, former defense coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. And so what happens is you bring in this new guy who's trying to change the culture. And, you know, at first you, you look at his defense, you're wondering, why is he the head coach? You know, you don't want him to have any control of that defense. You're hoping they were going to keep Wade Phillips. And then the, because of that, they didn't keep Wade Phillips. And so mm-hmm. that that's where things started to sour Broncos fans a little bit. Vance Joseph comes in. The Broncos get off to a pretty decent start. And then I believe they lose four or five games in a row, and they just finish an abysmal uh, season in 2017. And they have so much talent, too, defensively. You still have a keep to leave Chris Harris Jr., Bradley Roby, Darian Stewart and yeah. TJ Ward. You still have some talent there. But then things change, and then you go into 2018 with Vance Joseph once again. The Broncos just continue to lose games, and they're not really as competitive. There are a couple of games they compete in, but outside of that, they just didn't have that competitive nature to them. And at the point in time, you know, you have Case Keenum as your quarterback, and the Broncos didn't put an offense around Case Keenum that were tailor-made to his strengths. You know, Bill Musgrave put in a system. We saw Case Keenum in Minnesota play action was his bread and butter. Yep. And the Broncos put him under center a lot, or they put him in shotgun, having him take five-step, ten-step dropbacks, trying to throw downfield, and, and it just really wasn't his forte. Everything predicated off of a run game, which you had Philip Lindsay, who ran for 1,000 yards that season, Royce Freeman, who was pretty healthy as a power back for the Broncos, too. 
So that, that experiment doesn't work out. The Broncos, they part ways with Case Keenum. They trade for Joe Flacco. And they're coming into the 2019 season, ladies and gentlemen. Coming into 2019, you got Joe in February. Uh, I believe it was February of uh, 20, 2019. Yeah, February of 2019, you trade for Joe Flacco. And then you got the NFL draft in April. And the Broncos, they uh, their first-round pick, Noah Fant. At the tight end position, they bring in a big, solidified tight end that could turn into a very uh, nice weapon for the team. They've been missing that type of player for a long period of time since, uh, I'd probably say Shannon Sharp, a real playmaker. They haven't had that yet. Now, I'm not saying that no offense is going to be the next Shannon Sharp, but a big physical guy that does have the versatility to run fast and get away from defenders. Then you go into round number two. You execute, you know, you execute a trade to trade back with Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh took over your uh, number nine, number 10 spot, and you go to 19. Or 20, it was 19 or 20, one of the other two. Uh, and then you pick up No Fant, and then it gives you another pick going into round two. The Broncos wanted to trade ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals, and they did that, and say, they selected with their first second-round pick, Dalton Reisner, out of K-State. He came in to play the left guard position, and then the pick right after that, momentarily, simultaneously, they brought in Drew Locke at quarterback. And the expectation was that, you know, they liked him, they liked his arm talent, they liked the, the mold that he had, and he handled change and adversity really well by going through four different coordinators and four different years in Missouri. And so they brought him in, and the expectation was, the original hope was that he wasn't going to have to play at all in 2019. He was going to redshirt it, going to have to sit out and learn from a, you know, a veteran guy like Joe Flacco. But the Broncos were put in a situation where poor quarterback play started to escalate that. Drew Locke got hurt in the preseason against the San Francisco 49ers. On his throwing hand, he had a thumb issue. And then all of a sudden, you have this transition where Joe Flacco is just struggling. They put in Brandon Allen for two weeks. He struggles. Um, a little bit. He leads into a win against the Cleveland Browns. Struggles against the Buffalo Bills. Struggles a little bit against the Minnesota Vikings. Has some success, but also had some struggles there against a very tough Vikings defense. And the Broncos, they were up uh, 20-3 to at one point, and then they blew that lead. So you enter in Drew Locke in Week 13 against the Los Angeles Chargers. He leads them to a win. And then you go on the road, and uh, we'll get to that here in a minute because uh, the next week you go on the road against the Houston Texans and, and Locke just lights it. <laughs> week after you go on the road to Kansas City, and then you just get blown out in a blizzard game. You know, it's really hard to measure that game film there. And then you go into, you know, the uh, the last two weeks against Detroit, and then you have the Oakland Raiders, and you, you win those games. And I think for the Broncos, uh, they got a lot out of Drew Locke. They saw enough. Now, is it right right now as as we sit here on March 29th of 2020 saying that Drew Locke is going to be the franchise guy? No, five games. You know, you go four and one in five games, that's nice. That's a nice little sample size, but not enough to say, look, this is the guy, he's the future of the franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. He's going to have a have to have a big season in 2020. So I think for John Elway, he's had some really good free agency classes during his tenure as GM. The last two draft classes have been phenomenal for him and this Broncos team, and they got a big one coming up here in April for him. So I say right now, John Elway's not really on the hot seat, and, and I don't think that he will be either. The Broncos don't even have an owner right now. They're they're acting with the board of trustees due to the fact that Pat Bowen unfortunately passed away due to his uh, battle with Alzheimer's. But mm-hmm. uh, until there's an ownership situation, I don't really see there being any changes with the Broncos front office. Okay, okay. What else you got, Big Roy? Oh, man, appreciate it. And, um... I agree with you, yeah. Like, y'all, I think y'all, the Broncos really nailed that draft this past year with, like I said, no, no offense. And I like the guy out of Kansas. I think he played guard or left tackle. You got know, yep. Dawson. I think that was yep. the riser. Yeah, like, he, right he, he, he was a mauler at Kansas, I think. Yeah, he yep. was a mauler. And um, speaking of Drew Locke, man, like, I remember the game I hear, I mean, Houston, when he played, and me and D Murph came back to record the next day. 
and we was talking about the game, and we initially first said, man, we got to talk to Cody. About <laughs> we said that a few not, times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> you know, yeah. to sit here and watch him, I think Houston's come off a big win, I think. I guess, I think New England, I think, I think they beat up the week before yep. that. and Sunday and night football. Drew Lock, yeah, this is Drew Locke's second career start, and he came out and threw three touchdowns in the first half, only three incompletions in the first half. I think he threw four out there, and he pretty much – Devastated Houston Texans over that, you know, and I think kind of caught Texans off by surprise by him. I thought he could come out be a you know, rookie second quarter, second year, second star quarterback. I thought he was going to be out there messing up a little bit, but he actually played very well. And I actually liked him. I liked the fire in him. I like the, you know, I think the guys really rallying around him during that game because he was actually, actually watching out here too. So I think the guys really believe in him, but I wouldn't reach that far. He said to say he's a franchise quarterback yet. I need a little more game film to see on him. Maybe like a full 16-game season. So yeah. He really back through some adversity and some losing streaks and winning streaks. And people got film on him now also. So that kind of going to factor into it also. So, speak a little bit on Drew Locke. Is the buzz really like out there real? Like, they really putting all the chips in on him right now? Or, like I said, we might have to wait to see another 16, another year or so. See how he goes out in 2020 this year. Yeah, you know, Broncos fans are really excited. I think the 4 and one finish was great. And, and really to think that uh, the Broncos offense, you know, they didn't have a lot of weapons outside of Cortland Sutton and Phillip Lindsay. The run game was kind of slowing down a little bit. Lindsay climbed his way to 1,000 yards inch by inch and was able to make it happen. But uh, the Broncos need more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And that seems to be the focus of this sure. year's NFL draft. Like in the NFL free agency period, they just added Melvin Gordon to the running back roster. Right, that's why I'm going to hit Lindsay. on. I got to ask and, you about that. Yes. And so... <laughs> The, the wide rumor right now is that the team is looking at the wide receiver position with their first-round pick. There's guys like Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Denzel Mims, guys that they have an eye on. And uh, I think the hope is that they're trying to get Henry Ruggs, and they may have to trade up in order to get him, but it's just based on seeing how the NFL draft falls on day one, where other teams are at. And I think uh, we might see that movement happen. And I want to add to that movement regarding offense and the running back depth chart philip Lindsay, undrafted clawed to get a thousand rushing yards which makes it with back-to-back seasons correct yeah okay yep. and he was the first nfl uh first player in nfl history to be undrafted and rush for back-to-back thousand yard seasons it's crazy come on man so i say that to say why melvin gordon I, i'm I, as a fan of the game whether you're a broncos fan or not i'm like this person like you just said, first time ever an undrafted running back gets over a thousand yards for two consecutive seasons, and you bring in Melvin Gordon. For me, that'll be that that'll mess with my confidence. Me personally, because knowing Melvin Gordon is a starter when it comes to a running back. So, what do you think, or how do you think that's going to play out? Well, right now, Melvin Gordon is being brought in to be the premier back. You know, he's a bigger physical back, more so than Lindsey. And that's not an indictment on Philip Lindsey. I think the Broncos want to put Philip Lindsey in a situation where he doesn't have to get beat up as much in between the tackles. Because last year, really, he was the only running back threat that really gave defenses trouble. Royce Freeman struggled a lot in 2019, battled a variety of injuries. You know, and I'm a big Royce Freeman guy. I love the guy. I watched him for four years at the University of Oregon, and mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of disappointing to see. You know, he's battled he's battled up some injuries there, but Phil Lindsay 
you know, needs some help where he doesn't have to take such a pounding. And Melvin Gordon's going to be that perfect complement to where he's going to come in. And, and look, the Broncos could go some two-back sets. Okay. They did that in 2019. They could go two-back sets in the shotgun formation. You could have Melvin Gordon to the left of Drew Locke, and you could have Philip Lindsay to the right. You could motion one of those guys out, or he could go empty, and you could get him isolated one-on-one against, uh, you know, an inside linebacker or a nickel cover guy. Okay. You know, there's uh, so many different options. This, this team can utilize with them in the quick pass game, and I actually just posted a film review on Philip Lindsay about why the Broncos should use him more at the running back position as a receiver and uh, kind of shutting down the narrative that he's not a pass catcher. And there was a the narrative floating around on social media. Look, he's had some drops. Every running back has drops. Yeah. But the things that uh, you look at in his game in terms of receiver as a tailback, well, it's hard when you're when if you're running a swing route, you're running to the flat. The quarterback throws it behind you, or he yeah. throws it too far in front of you. You got to have a perfect throw to lead the guy in stride. And if that doesn't happen, then obviously you're going to have a, a product that doesn't look as good. And it's easy for people that are just casual football fans to say, "Oh, look, you know, they threw the flat route, they threw the swing route. They don't even know what that is, actually, to be honest with you." But uh, they throw that route, <laughs> and Philip Lindsay can't catch it. And it's like, that's not on Philip Lindsay. That's just quarterback ball placement. So I encourage right. fans to check that out on Cody Work NFL on YouTube. We break down film. We go through and we highlight everything. We narrate it. You guys get a, a whole exclusive breakdown of film coverage about the Broncos in the NFL in general. But, yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I'm kind of hyped on is okay. I think with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, look, you have two Pro Bowl tailbacks right. in the backfield. <laughs> you can find ways to make this okay. offense successful. Okay. I'm looking forward to it, man, because as a former athlete, if I was the starter and you bring in someone else that's a starter, I'm like, yo, what's, what's up with me? You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see how it's going to play out, though. Yeah, I agree. Are, it's gonna are, you, are, you, are y'all a little worried? Are y'all a little worried about Melvin Gordon having that big layoff, though? You know, because, you know, maybe he had to hold this thing, hold, hold out thing going on in San Diego, but he couldn't get his contract right. And he pretty much set out the whole season. You know, and uh, now he's coming back and going to be ready to go. And I kind of say that because, you know, the same thing happened with Le'Veon Bell like a year or two ago. And he came back and now he got to a very, very slow start this past year. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably he had career lows this probably this past year. Are y'all worried about that kind of effect with Melvin Gordon having that long layoff and having to come back now and try to get back in the rhythm of things, playing football, especially as a running back? You know, running back, you got to get the chemistry down with the line and timing down with especially like Broncos pretty much on the zone run part. I'm just getting pretty much I know from yeah. all the years I've been with Kubiak and Shanahan on them guys. But are y'all a little worried about that with Melvin Gordon getting up to a slow start? Um, I'm not too worried about that as of right now. Now, he made his debut in 2019 against the Denver Broncos when the Broncos got their first win of the season after starting off 0-4. And, and with Melvin Gordon, his first couple of games, it took you can obviously tell on film, it took him a while to get acclimated to being back in the game a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but he finished right. it to- despite starting in week five, like he came back in week five, despite missing four games prior to that, he finished the season with eight touchdowns. And so he still found ways to be productive. Um, but we actually were on a conference call with Melvin Gordon the other day. And we were, you know, he was asked about, do you have any regrets about the way you handle things in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Do you wish you would have done something different? And he says, absolutely. He says, I wish I would have done things different. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have held out. If I knew then what I know now, because he says, I feel like I really soured some relationships. Mm. Um, and also, 
it's created this narrative. He says, because I held out, I see a lot of people saying that I'm just an average back, um, this, this, and that. And uh, the reality is, like, I got I got a chip on my shoulder this year. I got to prove okay. a lot of people wrong. So I, I'm really not worried about Melvin Gordon. The fact, too, the Broncos, two-year deal, um, I believe it was $16 million overall, $13 million of that guarantee. guarantee yeah. He's going to get he's gonna get $9 million of that uh, in 2020, and he's going to get the other four in uh, 2021. So I, I think the Broncos uh, are in good hands with Melvin Gordon. I think, you know, a change of scenery is going to be good for him. And him, he turned he turned down a bigger deal from another team to come and play in the AFC West to go mm. against the Chargers. Oh, that's good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I know time is uh is precious, so I only got I got one more question. But Big Roy, if you got another question, go for it, man. Yeah, this is my last one, Cody. And um, I know John Wade is like a magician of making trades, you know, throughout his GM years. I, I follow him. You know, he's a magician with that. And I see he made some more acquisitions this offseason with our defense, bringing in Jarrell Casey also from the Titans and A.J. Boye from the Jaguars. I think it's just two tremendous pickups, especially Jarrell Casey. He is such a disruptive player. He pretty much disrupted the whole AFC South during his career with the Titans. And, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the same thing. He's going to be going out there with you guys, along with Von Miller. And once you get back your other first-round pick who was hurt a year ago, I, think I can't call his name right now, but uh, the DN, I think that's going to be a great front seven for you guys. And I think the addition to A.J. Boye brings him a lot more experience, you know, with the secondary you guys have also. So I think those are two good pickups from you guys, from John Elway, bringing in some two veteran guys with his playing experience. And, you know, especially Jarrell Casey, that's my number one top acquisition for you guys, Jarrell Casey. Yeah, no, he's a phenomenal pick. The fact that the Broncos got him for a seventh rounder, that is, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I look at that front seven in the three, four scheme. You're going to have, <laughs> and, and think about it this way. The Broncos have some options here. Now, Derek Wolf, he signed with the Baltimore Ravens, but the Broncos brought back Shelby Harris. So now you're going to get Bradley Chubb back. You're going to have him and Vaughn on the outside as your pass rushers. And then in your three, four scheme, your defensive end, you're going to have Draymond Jones. You're going to have, uh, Purcell as a nose tackle. You're also going to have Jarrell Casey, and you're going to have Shelby Harris, but I suspect the Broncos will probably come out in this lineup right here on the defensive line. I expect you're probably going to have uh, Shelby Harris as a defensive end, Draymond Jones as a defensive end, and then you can also play Jarrell Casey as a defensive tackle. I think that's going to be the Broncos' heavy package. And then when they want to go speed rush, I think, or if they want to stop the run, they're going to put Purcell to nose tackle. You're going to have Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris in at the defensive end position. I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of Draymond and some sub packages. Uh, but this right here, I think the Broncos' defense could be very, very scary in 2020, at least on paper right now. There you go. And I know we were talking about how basically giving away talent. I wanted to get your perspective how – the Texans gave away DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. I just want to get your thought on that perspective. I don't even know why Bill O'Brien still has a job. In <laughs> that dude, exactly. That dude exactly. is lost exactly. in the sauce. <laughs> lost I just want to make sure sauce. I wasn't tripping or Big Roy. I just want to hear from someone that, that's no, an NFL four, analyst. Four, four, million, four million Four million people say that in Houston say the same thing, Cody. So, like, you know, we with you. Okay. I want to make sure. Now, with your Broncos, though. I, I, I'm just glad that Bill O'Brien's not around my franchise. You know, you want to know something, too? Let's go. Um, a couple of Broncos prospects had... Um, they had their eye set. Houston made an, a couple of offers to guys like Will Parks, um, also some other guys like Derek Wolf. Yep. Those guys turned it down because they didn't want to play for a guy like Bill O'Brien. Mm. So, 
Take that for what you want. Yes, sir. I mean, just from outside looking in, like you said, it's kind of like, man, uh, are you okay? But, hey, you know, we, me and Big Roy spoke on it uh, the previous episode. Make sure uh, y'all check that out, which was Touchdown. But, Cody, I, I, I appreciate you, man. I just got to get your take <clears throat> as far as the season go. We don't know how many games they're going to play. I know it's a lot going on. Do you see the first year right now with the Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and that defense going above 500? Uh, you know, I think it's it's really tough. It's tough to project. Okay. Um, I think there's certainly a strong chance that they do, but uh, look at some of the teams that they got coming to town. You got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You got Drew Brees, the New Orleans Saints, with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> And you got Former you know, the, Bronco. Matt Ryan. You got yeah. Matt Ryan coming along with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And you have you know, the AFC West. You still have receiving threats in Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. And then you have the, the Chiefs wide receivers. Then you have, when you look at the Raiders, you have Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams. The Broncos are going to have some tough competition all across the board in 2020. Um, it really depends on how their defense plays, in my opinion, and if their offense can put up points. Because the Broncos are one of the bottom-ranked teams all across the board in the NFL in terms of offensive categories. Mm -hmm. If they can improve that at least to a top 15, then I think they're going to be in good hands. Okay. You know, you, you look at how they finished last year, finishing 7-9. and nine, Yeah. And you look at a couple of those games, they, they easily, they should have won probably two or three of those games. That would have put them at at least 10 wins on the year. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it, it really changed. That's, that's why we love football, you know, guys, because... It is a game of inches any given Sunday, which yes, is sir. on Netflix. I encourage you guys to watch that. If, you know, I've been doing that too. This whole quarantine crap has been killing me, man. But any, <laughs> given, any, any given Sunday was any given Sunday was kind of fun to go back and relive, even though it was like filmed at a different time where you know, people are like, "Man, what the hell is this? This seems corny." I loved it. Right. I, I don't absolutely. give a damn what anybody says. Classic. But, um, yes, sir. I do think that the Broncos can be competitive. I think they can compete in the AFC West. Uh, they just got to find ways they can get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and I think they got a really good chance of winning the AFC West or at least competing for it. But it's going to be tough. Like right now on paper, everything looks good, but once we see week one come out and we see the teams on the field, I think we'll have a better idea about maybe what to expect from this team. That's why I respect Cody, man. Like regardless of who he's working with or working for, he's still going to keep it honest. And, and that's one thing I will tell you in, in front of the world while everyone is listening. Once that opportunity comes to me, and more, you know, depth is, is is yours. I would say the same thing. Like everything you basically saying. Like I, I, yes, I work with this team and for this team. But realistically, or on paper, or just in general, man, just like because you know, there's some people out there do what we do, and they just gung ho, and nothing can go wrong. And I'll be like, they drinking man. the, they're drinking their team's Kool Aid, <laughs> you know, for sure. And that's and the thing. <laughs> You can't have those orange. You can't have those lenses on. You know that's one thing I've learned. I, I get fans all the time. You guys would be surprised. I interact with so many fans every single day on my platforms, and a lot of them, you know, they they want me to be a fan, and I tell them like I can't be a fan anymore. I love it. Like it's not. I can't. I got to be objective, or else I'm going to bring you biased coverage. I don't want to do that. Yep. Thank I, I want to break down the situation, the game for what it is. Like I used to be a fan, like the fan version of me back in the day would be like, you know, emotionally distraught. I said, but the reality is like I, I have to break things down realistically because, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of radio shows that just they're they're emotional, they're reactional yeah. and they're too close to it. And for me, I just like try to bring an objective view on everything. So that's kind of my whole operation there. 
And please believe I'm taking notes, sir. So thank you. I'm telling you in front of the world. I never told you that personally, especially from when we last recorded until now. Things are changing in not only my dynamic, but Big Roy's. But just know I'm I'm taking notes. I'm like, I'm going to do what Cody do. I'm going to give you the objection without being too emotionally involved. And then, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so You should see how me. hard it is, too, Mike. So for <laughs> me, before I started doing this and, and covering the team, I used to be super emotionally attached to the game, the outcome of it, right? I gotcha. used to yell at the TV. I sit there now. I got my I got my MacBook on my lap. I'm tweeting. I'm taking notes throughout the whole entire game while it's happening. I'm calm, cool, and collected. Even when stuff goes wrong, my girlfriend's yelling at the TV. She's freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, and I look at her. I'm like, you need to calm down. Like, and she's like, you're the same way as I got. I'm not the same way. I used to be that way, right? But uh, it, it's really crazy to see. And I'm like, man, like. When I was doing that, I didn't see how it looked on the outside. But now when I watch my girlfriend, I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cody, I appreciate you, man. Um, Big Roy, unless you got something else, man. We about to end this puppy, man, because Cody and we all got things to do, man. But, no, Cody, I appreciate you, too, man, taking time out your schedule and just blessing us with your insight and, and your support as usual. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, gentlemen. I always appreciate you guys. And you guys ever need anything, just let me know. I'll be happy to uh, to extend my help in whatever way, shape, or form. And you have. Big Roy, what you got for him, Big Roy? Uh, no, man, the same thing. Just thanks, Cody, for joining the show again, man. Look forward to talking to you in the very near future. Always, my friends. Appreciate you guys. Keep up the great work. And, uh, yeah, why not sports? There it is. Well, Cody, for those listeners out there that like Merv, how can we find him? How can we get those socks? This is your opportunity. Then we all out of here. All righty. So we do sock giveaways every once in a while. I order uh, socks from my connect. He does a great job putting together. My man, Brandon Simpson, at BrandTheSock on Instagram. Uh, you guys want some Lockdown Brock socks? Just let them know. If you want your own custom socks created, Brandon does a great job. But you guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And if you're a Broncos fan and you're somehow listening to this podcast, you can actually text with me every single day by texting me at 303 303- 529-6323 interact with the hundreds of Broncos fans um, every single day it's very fun I love doing that and uh, it gives you an opportunity to interact with me one on one because I don't get to see every message every tweet that comes across on Twitter so I like to interact with everybody personalized and give people a chance to talk with me one on one so 303-529-6323 and on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL also check out the website Cody Rourke NFL.com we got a lot of cool stuff on there for you guys and listen to the podcast Locked on Broncos Every single day. Stay locked and loaded all across the Lockdown NFL <laughs> Network. <laughs> yes, sir. Big Roy, let the world know how they can find you for the first time listeners. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, Turned Up Row and on, on Snapchat and Instagram at Roboy underscore 25. That's R O B O I underscore 25. World Infamy. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Murph. You can find the show on most platforms every day, even though it's something going on, especially what we're dealing with. Every day is not a promise. Be thankful and world as normally how we do it and how we close the show. Just want you to know, keep grinding, keep the faith. Keep on